nice. Oh my God, Tony, you make that so much better. Oh Damn. <laughs> got those notes. Got yeah. those high notes. Yeah. All well, about the wind. All about the air. <laughs> the air is going through your lungs. They're coming from your abdomen. Yes. Okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna dive right in and and let our listeners know right out of the gate. We're gonna talk for the next twenty five minutes or so about adulting, finances, side hustle scheduling. All things related to early 20s financial management and eventual independence. I like it. Deal? Deal. So, um, let's start with how broke everybody is. Because <laughs> I actually just read an article on this, and I did not save this for the group, over the weekend. Have you guys heard of this FIRE philosophy? No. No. Financial independence retire early. It's been a really big movement now for about 10 years, and it was really started by young people who were saying, if you could save 50% of your income for your first 10 or 15 years of professional working, you should be able to retire really early. So the And I've read that, of course, a million times and thought, oh, my God, that's so impressive. Sounds terrifying. Saving 50% of your... Well, so initial income. So what some of these people do, I mean, it's literally a lifestyle. So they won't rent an apartment, for example. They'll only rent a room. And they won't have a car. Like, literally everything in their life is structured around saving so much of your money really early on. So this guy, the article was a guy who tried it for a month. Because he's he uh, he was it was in the Guardian, so he lives in the UK, and he doesn't make a lot of money. He made like forty two thousand a year, so after his take home, what he was targeting to save was like twelve hundred bucks, like a huge chunk of his money, right? So he did it for a month, and he hated it because of everything you guys are saying. You know, he quit driving because he couldn't afford the gas, so he went to the bus. He ate a four dollar lunch every day. I think his his budget for him to save half of his money, he had to only spend sixteen dollars a day. So he had it all. So four dollars for lunch, four dollars for dinner, two dollars for the bus. He like had it down pat, right? Relatable. And at the end, he hated it because simple things like I couldn't go out with friends to for do drinks. anything ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, his clothing because his dry cleaning became an issue. Like there were all these like unexpected little symptoms or or fallout that he no. didn't expect to when happen. When I first started budgeting, I didn't buy deodorant because I like didn't have it worked in at first. Like I ran out and I was like I, I was like, wait, how am I gonna buy deodorant? And then I had, obviously I went and bought deodorant. When, when but... you get to that part, you've done it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and me just looked at you with the most disturbed. Yeah, you gotta oh, I always smell good. You gotta make I sure promise. you budget. No, is that when you deodorant? smell nasty? What? No. What? Get out of here. I never smell nasty. Oh, you don't wear deodorant, you do. <laughs> Wow. wow. But no, I got to that point where it was wow. like little things that you like normally just have to buy. You didn't budget. I didn't budget, even think about Tony, that. Tony, yeah, you, you did it wrong. <laughs> you need deodorant. You need shampoo. Toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> didn't I forgot about all that. Oh I was like, God. oh, you know, just I got money, gas, you know, food. <laughs> How much is your deodorant where you were like, yeah, yeah I, I can't, can't make, get it. I can't afford it, 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 it this No, no, I could. The thing is, I could afford it. I just didn't budget for it. I right. could afford it. I just was like, wow, I did not factor that in. Mm-hmm. So I was it's annoyed. Not, it's <laughs> a piece of deodorant, man. You just go get it from the he, dollar he store. He was really smart, and he had his shopping list cross-indexed with his budget. Ah. I knew how much I had to spend, mm-hmm. and I'd like... He spent it all I without didn't buy deodorant. But what did you have to put back at the store in order to get the deodorant? A Nothing. package of lunch I just spent meat. a little bit more money, because I had the extra money. <laughs> I'm following you, I Tommy. had the extra money. I just, like oh, I said, I didn't Lord. want to spend it. I was like, oh no, all okay. of a sudden this isn't working. I can't not laugh at him because I love him. <laughs> this is just funny. 
So uh, I'm going to get us back oh my on track God. after that. That was a wonderful share. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Tony. I needed to know it. You're welcome. <laughs> more uh, more mainstream estimates oh, wow. put it at uh, 50% of your take-home pay should go towards your living expenses. 30% should go toward entertainment and discretionary spending. And then 20% should go to savings, mm-hmm. the 50, 30, 20 rule. That one's really common. Yeah. So... If we think about that, um, you know, Kelsey and I were talking on the break. I mean, it's really common to be super broke right now. Yeah. Everybody is going through it. But, I mean, honestly, I'm hardcore paying my debts off, so it's not like it's going nowhere. I see I see what's happening. It just does not feel good. And I thought it would. That's actually what made me think of the good. that's what made me think of the article. Doing what you're supposed to do. And then also having it feel good don't always go hand in hand. No, they don't. They don't go hand. hand in hand at all. But I know in the long run I'll appreciate doing this. In like five years I'll be like, I'm glad that I didn't go blot all my money on alcohol and going out and actually paid stuff I was supposed to. So I think the challenge is along the way, how do you make sure you're not miserable? Like this poor <laughs> guy was miserable for 30 days. Uh, while you're establishing your long-term plan because it is going to pay so many dividends and I could sit here and say but you're doing all of the right things so just cheer up girl it's going to be just fine it's a very long road well I found out that I actually save money when I buy tall boys instead of cases okay there's a good a piece start. of advice mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah if you drink beer get a couple tall boys <laughs> instead of a six-pack it is cheaper you get more beer. So the easiest solution, (laughs) I'm going to keep on rolling forward. Uh, The easiest um, potential solution to help when you are in these early years is freelancing. And um, you, Kelsey, not so much, but you, Alana's got a lot of side hustles going on. And and Tony's got two, a second job and a side hustle going on. So you guys are already like figuring out the easiest way to do this is for me to augment my income. Um, with other jobs but the challenge there there's two one is taxes mm-hmm. uh, and the other is um, coordinating all of those extracurricular schedules functions between multiple bosses so that's I guess the first thing to talk about is if you are um, looking to pick up a side hustle to try and ease your financial burden what are the logistical steps you need to take to make sure you can fulfill all of your obligations make sure you have time for it so does that come up with you, Alana? Because you have a lot going on. So like, do yeah. the restaurant people know about this so, schedule so, versus the... Yeah, the, um, the music theater, that's where I bartend. Uh, I have not been there since, like, <laughs> November. Because, <laughs> like, it's just not been... I have not been able to fit it in my schedule. But we have an understanding, and I was actually just texting my manager at the <laughs> at the bar last or not at the bar she, for the bar <laughs> last night and I was like you know are there is there any way I could pick up some shifts this month you know are there any shows coming up that I might be able to squeeze in before I'm I'm leaving um at the end of the month for about 11 days um I'm in a wedding across the country so <laughs> I'm gonna be gone but uh, I, I need some extra money before I go and so you know she's like you know let's take a look at the calendar and see what we can work out so yeah having like a good rapport with my managers at all of my jobs so that they understand like look I you are not my only like source of income um, right now or obligation yeah commitment um, but you know I, I'm doing what I can you know scheduling wise so I can't I can't do any more 
than what I've got at the moment. So I'm going to call that situation on call. And yeah. a lot of employers offer on-call work situations. So, Tony, back to your question. That's the easiest solution is this is my day job, but I will make myself available on an on-call basis to any number of employers. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I think about for you, Kelsey, because you have a lot of audiovisual experience, didn't want to use AV and use acronyms, um, tons and tons of places around town do on-call work for that. So it's a question of you meeting them, getting on their roster. I know this from a prior life, and we ran a showroom, and you know, you're know you gonna have a show 50 days out of the year, so that leaves you know 350, or however many it is, that are unfilled. So you staff all of those shows with on-call positions. So that could be an example of um, available revenue to you to help offset some of the tightness that you're experiencing that doesn't conflict with this at all. Mm -hmm. But I think, Tony, where you were going is when it's a regularly scheduled part-time position. Yeah. Yeah, that's more, yeah, because right now what I deal with, like, sometimes, I mean, at the fish store, we're tied up for people. That's just how it is. It's just, it's a small business. He's not going to have a lot of people that work there. Um, you know, one, two, three, maybe. Like, mm -hmm. so sometimes there's situations where he'll be out of town or somebody will be on a vacation and they absolutely, it's like, hey, we need you to man the store just like, is there any way you can give us these days? And mm -hmm. I go, okay, well, let me look. Like, if it's not, like, busting terribly, I mean, and they're matching, like, a pay, I say, okay, well, if I need to take two days off here at this job or I need to, or vice versa, you know, mm -hmm. I, I try to do it that way. I try mm -hmm. to balance because I don't, I guess I sort of screwed up from that is that I set the, I set the um, expectation. Uh, expectation that both, or, I mean, are still, like... His I main need, job. Yeah, they're both priority to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, and within reason, too, I can't be a total dick to the fish store owner mm -hmm. because of how good he is to me, mm -hmm. you know? And me not accommodating him at all mm -hmm. is really... would be really, like, really bad, yeah. I guess, from that standpoint. Well, I think the nice thing for you is they don't compete. So the biggest issue that a company is going to face when they're uh, dealing with, and I'm sure a lot of companies deal with this because all these millennials, you guys have all these side hustles. As long as I know you're not working for our direct competitor for your second job, and I'm flexible with the time that I need you for, which I think is kind of the situation you're in, mm -hmm. I would think most of the time it's probably pretty pretty manageable to make both sides happy but the responsibility falls on you yeah and yeah. then that's always become the thing is it's like you know and then we've kelsey and i've had the talk it's like who do you pick you know if one's more like your career employer mm -hmm. versus like a side hustle job you know it's like mm -hmm. what do you pick but you know you got to keep both happy right so yeah. it's it's sort of been something i've been struggling with as mm -hmm. far as like trying to get work the schedule together yeah. and to get things because like, <clears throat> ideally it'd be great that i don't have to take a day off here to you know fill Fulfill in a, to there. fill in at the exactly. fish store but you know yeah. if i have to i'm not you know yeah i think these are going to become more and more common situations that employers are going to have to work around because i mean i think the the most recent statistic that i saw was 40 percent of millennials have a second job or a side hustle mm -hmm. so it's just you know it's just a, f a truth in our current economy um, that everybody's going to be doing that. So, so I think it might be helpful then if we think about it in a couple buckets. So I'm, I'm going to call the full-time job, hopefully the, the eventual career, the day job. So there's a day job. 
and then there's a part-time job so I would put this in the day job bucket for you and the fish store in the part-time job then there's on call that we talked about and then the fourth option is freelance and that's actually gonna be the easiest for you guys because your hours are your own you work on it when you can get to it it's usually project-based and not like an actual shift or a schedule that has to be met so anytime you can identify your skills that rep that could represent incremental income opportunities for you that I think is the ideal situation so like the other one you have going on being able to do more of those mm -hmm. and grow that into a real revenue stream for you because mm -hmm. I also really believe a meaningful side hustle tied to what it is you love doing and what you're good at is very much a career investment activity. Mm -hmm. Like you and the voiceover work mm -hmm. or, you know, the um, talent management that we've talked about. Like the more time you can spend doing those things, the more likely it is that that could become a meaningful, yeah. a meaningful path for you. Mm -hmm. And I, I've always saw, seen this as an opportunity because a, a friend of my ex-husband's, he was really into basketball, played college ball. His dad was a coach. Um, he started a basketball camp just on the side in the summertime because he was a professor. And that's, their, that's his full-time income now because it just grew and grew and grew and grew, and he loved doing it. And, you know, parents need a place for their kids to go in the summertime. And so basketball camp's a great example. All the gyms are empty because school was out of session. And it just worked out great. His wife did his books. The thing took off. And now they're, you know, richer beyond their wildest dreams doing <laughs> something that he loved. And it started out as an absolute side hustle. Huh. I know. And, I, and that's, like I said, that's a story that's 20 years old to me. So I've sort of always seen how it can mm -hmm. work out. So I was... I was making my way back to you, Kelsey, because I can't help but think of you there because Buffalo and Tony kind of have some stuff going on. But you absolutely have skills that can be, I think if, if I'm right, what I'm picking up on your hesitation is, so how do these people find you and how do you find them? Like, how do you begin? You don't have any idea. I'm posting on Facebook. I'm asking anybody if they need anything, like what I'm capable to do done. But then comes the problem. I don't have a good computer to do anything with at all. It's junk. Craigslist. Have you ever looked at Craigslist well, to see I mean, if I'm people looking are looking at computers. for your skills? Oh, are we talking about, I'm talking about my equipment that I would use? Because I don't have that. That's that's problem numero uno. Problem numero dos is, yeah, I have no idea who needs this stuff done. I mean, yeah, it's, I could look on Craigslist and Facebook, but that doesn't guarantee I'm going to find consistent work. No, but you also, you're not going to find anything if you don't try. True. And you're not going to ease your financial situation if you don't try so you have you have two options figure out how to accept and get comfortable with the current situation or identify opportunities that are tangible and real that can change the situation because you're stuck on the third rail right now which is i just hate my situation <laughs> Yeah, well, I tried and it's doing some stuff last you. week, and it, it was really just like a punch in the face. It's just draining you. I see it. Hmm. we got to find some solutions. Yeah. So talk to me about um, your skills. Um, 
I'm going to interview you. Oh, boy. I know. I haven't had an interview in a long time. I don't like it. It makes me nervous and uncomfortable. I was really happy when I got in here because they made me comfortable for my interview. I was like, wow, this is great. I love I wanna, these guys. I want to make you comfortable, too. You are so talented. There's so many different things you could do. So if, if I like digital editing, but I haven't got to do anything with it in so long. I don't even, I wouldn't even remember how to start. And that's... You mean digital video editing, like mm -hmm. putting graphics and subtitles and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so what do you need? Because that's a very popular freelance skill. I need to pay my one credit card down and then go get a computer on that card. So you don't have a computer at home? Okay. It's a, she's, she's flashing me her Samsung laptop. It's a laptop. dinky little, yeah, just like a... It's a Chromebook, yeah. It sucks, and it doesn't have the processing capabilities I need for anything. So I need to get. I don't want. I don't even want another laptop. This does what I need to on the go. I want a good desktop computer. And Tony said he would go and help me like actually build one. So it will be cheaper when I'm able to get that money. Right now, like I like I was telling you earlier, I'm I'm so close to being able to close a couple of my accounts that I I took out credit to build my credit. I've done that. I'm, gonna close them and so your so your plan right now you're overpaying on some of your monthly expenses on purpose on purpose yeah that's where I'm kind of hurting myself but like I said it's it's working I see it it just isn't fulfilling so if you like I'm three months ahead on my student loan payments okay so if you stopped paying on that for three months it would catch up to me and I'd freak out if I didn't have the money to pay it how, how much would you have left over if you didn't pay on that for three months uh, probably enough to go get a computer with Tony okay so mm, yeah so there are potential solutions out there mm -hmm. so if you could go and get a computer which I wouldn't I wouldn't get the computer till you first understood if whether or not there's a market there but I have to believe that because so many people yeah, need I that could do skill. stuff here at home too if I had that I mean realistically speaking there's a lot a lot done in different sections and tiers of this company we have editor editors I could do stuff like that if I had something to work on okay so if you gave yourself a 90-day deadline and said I'm gonna take the money that I would have put toward my student loan and I'm gonna go buy myself the computer necessary to be able to do this freelance and then I'm gonna go see what kind of jobs I can get and land in the next 90 days using my new computer my instinct tells me that by the time that next student loan payment is due there would be nothing to freak out about because you would be hopefully making money with exactly. my side hustle exactly maybe it's a possibility any anything is possible Something at to this consider. point yeah yeah potentially yeah yeah i'd like a partner hey <laughs> you, you need a hand i got you i'll be your tech guy i think we can make really pretty commercials for companies i think we could too. smaller businesses I think early financial lessons are hard. Oh yeah. Because you're broke all the time, number one. Being able to sort of find a solution mm -hmm. because you're so stressed about your financial situation can be hard. And now we're talking about contract work, which that's what a lot of any side hustle probably, if it doesn't fall into the category of the, the official part-time job, if it's on call or if it's a side hustle, then there are tax implications. Mm hate it yeah but so something to keep in mind there if you're a contract employee this is my favorite piece of advice to because a lot of there's a lot of contract employees out there now make sure everything that you purchase which you guys do it anyway but is always electronic 
because you know every expense associated with that is deductible. Mm -hmm. Tax write-off. So, for example, let's say you spend $1,000 on that laptop. I heard we're not allowed to do that kind of stuff. What? As I'm, of this year's taxes. No, we can't write off everything that we could before. It's been, like, categorized to this, this, or this. You can't do, like, a full amount. So the example I'm going to give you... If you, let's say I don't you know earn, how taxes work. Um, well, I know the answer to this out. if you'd let me give it to you. <laughs> let's say you earned $5,000. Okay. And you spent $1,000 buying the laptop. And then you spent, you know, $200 in gas going back and forth. You get to write that off? You get to write off that $1,200, which means you're not paying taxes on the five grand. You're paying taxes on the $3,800. Mm -hmm. And those are just two little examples. Yeah. I mean, part of your phone bill can be associated with those expenses. I think that I tried to write that off this year, so. Anyway, hey. my, my, my point is. And gas. That, that the, exactly, that there are a lot of different ways to legally reduce your tax exposure when you're a contract employee. Mm -hmm. Because you're not getting the benefit of anything else, so. I mean, yes, you're absolutely right. There are guidelines. There are guidelines on what it is you can mm -hmm. write off, but they're but they're pretty. I didn't even know phones and gas were still considered write-offable. If, if you know what I mean. If you're using those resources to make the money, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I didn't know what was allowed, what wasn't allowed, what, yeah. what's on the forums. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. I'm trying. So yeah, I know, I know. But there's um, so there's just there's information out there. I guess is mm. what I'm saying that can help, not make it feel so daunting i think i freak myself out more than i need to i think you do too. but yeah i'm on a 10-year repayment plan with my loans and i see what happens if i don't make a payment for a month because i am ahead so if i just wait a month and do something else i see i see the interest climbing back up so i wanted to pay it off before that 10 years so that's kind of where that all started and how many years do you have left i don't know looking at years wise but i knocked a a big chunk off in six months last year so that's great yeah it's what's working so I mean I feel like by the time you know I round my next double-digit age I might be out of my student loan debt and that would be great instead of being owing them till I'm in my mid-30s having it paid off by the time I am 30 that's kind of my goal my long-term goal so I'm not a that you know what they should have like a, a financial life counselor because I'm not qualified to say this, but my instinct tells me that we should all use our money in ways that support what our life goals are. So for somebody who is on the fire plan and their biggest thing is they want to retire early or they want to go and purchase a piece of property up north, whatever your big ass dream is, it seems like your financial decisions should be made to support that dream. I don't think they're necessarily contradicting. Oh, I, th I think when you are in the, the strappy space that you're in right now, it's very helpful because here's, just stay with me for a minute. Your, all of your time, energy, and money is going toward reducing your debt. Mm -hmm. That's what you're chasing. Because mm -hmm. I, I don't have a house payment to worry about right now, and I don't have those things to worry about that I'm going to have to soon. It's inevitable. But the things that I see drive you crazy are your lack of reliable transportation or not living closer to friends. So my outsider's view, and the little that I know, is that it seems like the way using money would make you happier toward reaching your goals mm -hmm. would be to solve those two things first. Trying. I can't get financed. No, you're spending all of your, you're spending, your entire focus is on going debt free. That's my point. Your, your financial goals do not match your life goals. 
if your life goal is you're trying to be debt free because you want to go do XYZ with your money in five years, then it would make perfect sense. But you're just doing it because you feel like you're supposed to, because you don't feel comfortable carrying that debt. That's true. So all I'm suggesting is if maybe the fire movement took off because those that was inspired by people who really don't want to work. So if I really don't want to work, then you know what? I should figure out how to retire early because that's what's going to make me happy. If you think you're going to work your whole life and buying a house is way down the road for you, then your money goals should match that. Then I think you would be able to feel better about or accept feel more comfortable accepting sort of the realities of the situation you're in. But it all just feels thankless to you. Knowledge bomb. Yeah, I'm just trying to take it all in. I'm so confused and lost right now. Let me see if I can say it a different way. Um, however you choose to manage your money should support whatever your five-year goal is. I think if I had to guess what your five-year goal I is, a house. to live in your own place mm -hmm. and to have a reliable car. Would that would that be a good, that's your five-year goal? Yeah. Okay. So paying off student debt is not something that fits with either one of those five-year goals. Yeah, but I'm also not draining myself doing that. I have, there's so much more I could tell you on the back end off air and not sound as ridiculous as I do right now. I have money saved up. I just don't know how much I'm going to have to owe out. You know, I put enough away that if something were to come up, I could go get a $1,500 vehicle right now. I'm just not trying to go do that. Mm -hmm. And me paying off my stuff is significantly significantly increasing my credit score mm -hmm. more so than other people my age. I've talked with friends and stuff. So, I mean, for the time being, as unhappy as I am, I think I could be in a lot worse shape. Oh, honey. I'm doing a lot. You're making super, super responsible decisions with your money. Don't get me I wrong. I hate it. Yeah. But I, I, I think that the lack of satisfaction from it is coming from the fact that the decisions that you're making having the great credit score, getting mm -hmm. rid of your debt, aren't necessarily feeding... What I want. Exactly. Yeah, I know, but, I mean, with my with my current score now, I can't get financed for a vehicle anyway. So, I mean... So, we have to start thinking on things that we can do. Because there are a lot of yeses out there. We just we have to stay focused on what we can do. Mm. And not what's going to get in your way. Because I, I just think that there are some things we could do that could make... It'll feel a little bit more manageable. I hope so. But I'll be okay in a month or two. You'll see. <laughs> what happened grand to plan. What's your grand plan? Well, I, I already told you two of my accounts are going to be closed down in a month. I'm not mm -hmm. going to have to worry about mm -hmm. those bills. Mm -hmm. And that's going to put my credit up. Getting stuff off the account, it's, there's okay. a method to my madness. It mm -hmm. just doesn't seem like it. Do you like the laptop idea at all? What laptop idea? Not paying your student loan debt for the next 90 days and going and buying a computer so that you can take on some freelance work and make more money so that you'd be less stressed? Maybe. Maybe. It's this, not a bad idea. I'd rather put that money away for a car than a computer. I know we went off on a tangent, but this has been mm -hmm. a really good example of when there might be 5 or 10 or 20 different solutions, when you're not ready for any of them, they're all no. <laughs> They're all no. I was just thinking, tossing I ideas know. up all the time. I don't I know, know what I want right now. I'm, I feel like I need to go out and be doing more. I, I've, I've only been to two or three different states. I'm almost 25. I want to go do stuff. So I think that would actually be my goal. As opposed to just staying in Michigan and paying bills, I want to save up and go on a vacation. Okay. So that's <laughs> something else you should add to the to the set of life objectives that your financial behavior then is structured to support. Mm. 
Anyway, lots of different places. Did not mean to fall into that rabbit hole, but hopefully some of our listeners can relate to it because I think a lot of people are in your guys' boats. Okay. I agree. Bossy skirt and money. All right, well, thanks, everybody. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> like a root canal. <laughs> See you next time.